Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. I'm on to bed. <laughs> I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a fucky show today. I just moved into my yeah, new apartment. Yeah, our, our, lo- our lovely host, uh, Kyle 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 Craig Baum, the man, the myth, the legend, did a little did a little move today. Uh, so I don't have you know a table yet. Yeah. Or chairs. So I'm on the bed. <laughs> Jordan's on the bed. I'm in my desk chair. We're doing this. That we're listen. This this edition of Cinema Shakedown After Hours is going a little gorilla style. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about Harambe. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, today we will be uh, discussing three new releases. Yes. Uh, the new David Bruckner horror film, The Night House. Yes. The new Hugh Jackman-led sci-fi film, Reminiscence. Yes. And as voted by you guys... You, you wanted this. You people... Wait, what do you mean you people, Kyle? Paw Patrol, the movie. Ah. I mean the people that made us watch <laughs> Paw Patrol in theaters at 10.20 p.m. Cinema at its finest. Martin Scorsese would have wept. Before we get into all of that, how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing pretty okay. Uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer just dropped. We literally coming in hot off of watching that. Hot off the presses? Um, uh, yeah, it, it looks good. Yeah, it looks like a really good Spider-Man movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. Uh, uh, fucking Peter is is kind of trying to undo what happened in the last movie. His spy, his his identity getting revealed. So he goes to Doctor Strange for help. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you haven't watched the trailer, Doctor Strange is doing like a spell or whatever. Peter kind of messes it up and that kind of breaks the whole multiverse thing, which has kind of been set up over the past couple of things, like the multiverse just getting more and more like fragile. But I feel like this is the moment, like that moment, Peter fucking it up is where everything just finally like snaps, you know? For sure. Um... Uh... I'm not full, but from this trailer, I'm not fully convinced of the setup, mm-hmm. but obviously I'm excited to see all my Raimi faves Oh, back. yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? You're not excited for Jimmy Fox as Electro? I am excited to see <laughs> what the what they're going to do. I, there's no him. way he'll be any worse than he is in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but yeah, we get a little hint at Willem Dafoe, uh, you hear him laugh, and you hear the, the pumpkin, or you see the pumpkin bomb, and you actually you, you straight up see Alfred Molina, he shows up. You haven't, you, we haven't gotten to see uh, Thomas Hayden Church back yet. I think you see... There's like a moment where like a bit of electricity strikes like a big like thing of like like a big wall of like sand. Yeah. And so, so I think I guess that's them duking it out or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think I think we know he's in it. Oh yeah, for sure. And then I think you get like there's like a, a shot of the lizard for like a second. It's like it's like blinker you miss it. They they said yeah Willem Dafoe we're not touching Dane DeHaan yeah they said no we're just gonna just gonna leave him over. <laughs> I would have preferred them bring Chris Cooper back. Make yeah. him the Green Goblin. Yes, I agree. Uh, but yeah, it looks good. I, I'm not like the biggest Far From Home guy, but I really love Homecoming. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm excited to see this trilogy end on a real high note. I like the uh, I like these new movies, although I do understand people's problems with them. 
Um, especially, specifically Far From Home, I understand yeah, people's like, issues with what they kind of do to Peter's character. Yeah, there's um, some, there's some although issues. Although, I, I do greatly enjoy that film. No, that movie, that movie is solid. I, I do, I do think it's fun. Uh, I'm just, I'm just more of a homecoming guy, gun to my head. I have a feeling it might not hold up as well as I remember on a rewatch. Far From Home? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um... But I am excited for this. Just what what I love about Homecoming is just that it it feels like the quintessential Spider Man movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I if I could show someone like 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 just to like like if get, basically like a crash course on Spider Man, like just to get the gist, Homecoming is probably the movie I would show them. That's fair. You know what I mean? I think maybe for- Spider Man Two. If you're looking for a more like uh, I don't know. <laughs> Like, actual movie instead of a consumer product? I might do Spider-Verse now. Really? Yeah. See, I feel like Spider-Verse... I don't know if that's the first Spider-Man movie you could show someone, because that kind of demands a baseline understanding of, like, Mm. who Spider-Man... But then again, everyone knows who Spider-Man is, but due to this hypothetical... If, assuming this person had never heard of Spider-Man before, I don't know, or Spider-Man before, I don't know if I'd start them on Spider-Verse, you know what I mean? That's fair. Like, obviously it's the best Spider-Man movie, but I feel like you gotta kinda like, that's like tier two, you gotta kinda work your way up to that one, you know? Fair. Yeah. But yeah, No Way Home, uh, looks, looks really promising. I'm excited. Very. I'm, I'm looking forward to two of the three remaining MCU movies for the rest of the year, so. I'm uh, looking forward to all three. Wonderful. Um, did well, we talk about that? Tra- did that trailer come out after last? Year? I don't. I don't fucking remember. Uh, there's a new Eternals trailer. I d- couldn't care less. I don't know if we mentioned it, so I'm not going to mention it. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. Whatever. I, I just. I don't know. Like something about it is just. Yeah. Like when when people complain about Marvel cinematography, this I think this is what they're talking about. That's so strange that you say that because I think it looks much better than like the bland MCU movie. But, I, I but this looks bland. Like I think it looks muted, but I don't think it looks bland. It's just so gray and washed out. Like it, it looks like cement. Like I, I, I'd rather watch paint dry. I've, I've felt about as visually stimulated as a tree stump. Like <laughs> looked gorgeous. I'm very excited. Whatever. Fucking <laughs> moving on. What uh? What uh? Do would you watch any uh? Did you watch any movies this week? You no. you had a lot. You had a lot going on. So I've been I've been in an absolute fucking whirlwind. Uh, I don't believe I watched anything. Um, you know what? That's uh. That's not true. I. That's a lie. He gaslit you. I watched one film with my mom. You I specifically. Sh- I gaslit all of you. You fucking. <laughs> you fucking people. Um, before the three we watched for the podcast, I showed my mom one of my favorite comedies, uh, which was The Art of Self Defense. Ah, yes. How was that? This movie is so great. Yeah. Um, I've heard it compared to Yorgos Lanthimos in like the very dry, monotone mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. This is probably the like perfect role for Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. That dry. There, people aren't even pretending like he's a likable lead anymore. He's no, like, he's just a fucking asshole. Um, it's so well acted, so well shot. It it flew under the radar for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. it's just one I've, of the, I've heard nothing but good. Things. It's just one of those movies that gets better every yeah. time you watch it because of like little subtle things. So watch it, like an eight and a half out of ten. It's nice. great. And you watch anything? Uh, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the which one? Both of them. The first. Two. You watch the first two? Yeah. Shit's max. So good. I uh I miss blockbusters with vision and artistry. When I was um, when I was at my family's a few weeks ago, uh, in in Virginia, I they had put on 
Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Oh, shit. And when I came down, it was at the beginning. Yeah. I swear to God, I went about my whole day and that movie was still on. Um, it's so long. Dead Man's Chest is like... It's, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it looks very, like, daunting and complicated at first glance. But really just watching it kind of, like, go and watch all the pieces unfold and everything kind of click into place is just... It's very compelling in that way. Like, there's so many characters, but all of them have, like, very clear motivations and, like, real, like, stakes and goals. Like, everyone... Like, um... I feel like I watched a YouTube video or something. I I, I didn't I, I don't remember the channel. I'm sorry, but they like lay out like like why the wheel fight at the end is perfect mm-hmm. because like narratively like what all of them are like trying to go for just kind of it's everything in the movie kind of coming to a head at that point. And I don't even need to. I uh fuck. I think I might be on the dead man's chest is better than the first one train now. Uh, Davy Jones looks amazing. I was just about to say Bill Nye is. Terrific in that I fucking can't movie. That so good. Holds, holds up so well. so well. Some of the crew looks a little but wonky. But it's not, uh, yeah, most Especially, of like, um, for, like, the whole second act, they're all, like, in the dark. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot better. But towards the end, they're, like, on broad day- daylight on stark white beaches. Mm-hmm. So that's when it's kind of like, like uh, but it, it's, it's not, like... Like, it still looks better than a lot of today's blockbusters. And I still really dig the first one. I think the first one's awesome. As I was half-watching the third one, I was just smiling because I'm like, remember the era when they gave Gore Verbinski an obscene amount just of money? Billions to of dollars. To make a three-hour fucking mess I think, of a movie. I think those last two, not not like the most recent two, but Dead Man's Chest and At World's End weren't really appreciated at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, critically. Like, commercially, obviously, everyone yeah. saw them. But, like... I don't know. I feel like there's kind of been like a turnaround on the them. The set like, pieces are so fun. They really are. Like there's like, like I said, there's like the the fight in the end of Dead Man's Chest where they're on the big wheel, uh, spinning around. There's the whole That's bit, the, the whole climax of the first movie. The set is great. The fucking uh, yeah. the cave on the island with all the treasure and everything. And, uh, that one also operates a lot of the same way. Just like all these characters and everything. Like mm-hmm. like like it starts out so disparate and everything, but watching everything kind of come together. Like I think these movies are really smartly written for blockbusters, Disney blockbusters especially. And I don't think they get nearly enough credit for that. Again, I was like half watching the third one, but like there's that I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's that great set piece where like the ship's tipping, so they're running yeah. back and forth to um, each side to try to, The like, climax steady. of the third one is fucking bonkers. It's, like, 50 minutes long. Where they're fucking... They're, the two ships are, are broadsiding around a fucking maelstrom, and Jack and Davy Jones are sword fighting on top of a fucking... The mass wall that's happening. The third one is, is a lot dumber than the other two, I think, but it doesn't suffer too much because of that. Like, it's kind of earned that a little bit. Like, it's earned the right to kind of be silly and just kind of go all out. You know what I mean? Verbinski, man, he uh, he had, like, a vision. He really did. Like, these movies are definitely, like, his baby. Like, all of the character arcs and everything come to completion so well at the end of that third movie. I'm so glad Disney never made any more. And then Verbinski made Lone Ranger, which I've heard some people retroactively think is okay. I might give that a rewatch. I haven't watched it since theaters. I know people like the action, but think the rest is in. But I really, I really dig that original Pirates trilogy. That's probably one of my favorite trilogies ever. And and you know, I I I haven't seen Lone Ranger since theaters, 
since I was like 14. Bro, bring so. back Verbinski for another pirate. Dude, bro. maybe not even a pirate. Just let him make another fucking blockbuster. Look, I'm sure the cure for wellness or whatever is great and all, but fucking like... He should have made Jungle Cruise. He should have. Like, like, give him another, like, throw him another billion dollars to make whatever the fuck he wants. They don't do that anymore. Unless you're James Gunn. Unless you're like Taika or James Gunn, yeah. I guess. Um, but yeah. I think that concludes our, our opening segment here. We want to get into the to the movies for the week. You just want to go in the order we watched them? Uh, let's go in the order we watched them. Uh, so let's start with... Uh, Reminiscence? Reminiscence. Kyle, you want to give us a little, little brief plot rundown of Reminiscence? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes, give me a second to look up names and stuff because <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say I've forgotten them. <laughs> um, okay, so Reminiscence is, is a film set in the, in the future. Um, it's set in a world where basically the water level, the water has risen so high yes. that some places are entirely flooded. We, this takes place in a city that's like halfway flooded. I believe it's Miami. Is, Miami. Is where it's said, yes. It's like halfway flooded. Mm-hmm. So like all these like businesses have kind of sprouted and everything. Which means Venice like, is always flooded. <laughs> yeah. It, it, everyone basically lives on the water. There's yeah. like shops like based on that yeah. and stuff. And like in whatever, how many years, it'll be completely underwater. Society is kind of acclimated to this new way of living. And our main character, uh, Bannister, yes. Nicholas Bannister, he um, he basically has uh, invented this machine that allows people to relive their past in like, like they go under. It's kind of Assassin's Creed. It kind of works like the Animus a little, a little bit. bit. He, like, like, he you, like drugs them you, and lays them in a... You kind of like relive your memories almost. Mm-hmm. But like the people outside of the tank can also see them. Like they play on like a big like hologram projector and, and there's everything. like multiple uses like to spend more time with your loved ones through your memories. Yeah. Like, or if you like lose something you mm-hmm. can find it again that with for the uh, we'll get into spoilers. I don't think this is too big. That first guy comes in and, and he wants to like spend more time with like a dog he lost and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, he he Hugh Jackman's character he works there with uh, his uh, his friend Watts. Um, good to see Tandy Newton. I don't yeah. know if she's been in anything recently, but uh, yeah, it's good to see her out and about. It was good to see her. Um, Mission Impossible Two Gang. She was in a solo. Oh yeah, she fucking totally is. Um, but everything changes for our main character when, uh, when uh, Rebecca Ferguson walks in the door as, uh, she plays May. Mommy herself. Mommy herself walks in the door. She plays May. Yes. And they kind of fall in love, um, over the course of an uh, indiscernible amount of months. Couple, couple months. Couple months. And then she disappears without a trace, uh. Which leads to our character being a washed-up alcoholic, re- constantly reliving his memories mm-hmm. in the past, and it's him trying to solve it, the mystery. He kind of uncovers a bit of a conspiracy that goes that goes deeper and deeper. Where the fuck did May go, and who the fuck is May? Yes, that's essentially the plot. I'll tell you one better. Why the fuck is May? That's the that's the plot. That's basically yeah. That, that is the story. Kyle, what did you think of Reminiscence? Lisa Joy's Reminiscence. Lisa Joy. I've never seen Westworld. I've also never seen Westworld. I've heard it gets worse. I've heard it gets worse as well. I thought this movie was dumb. Yes. But enjoyable. It is stupid in like a charming way. Like a very like... It felt like a 90s It's very endearing. Like it's very... Like it's just this like silly little like... 
throwback. Like, the, honestly, you could have made this movie 20 years earlier with the same cast. Mm. And it would have been the exact same. It's like the little noir that could. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it, it's like, ba- it's like baby's first noir. Like, it's, it's really, I don't know, heartening to see, like, just like a really solid, like, boilerplate kind of, uh. I, I, I was saying this as we were watching it, um, we watched it on HBO Max, and it, it, it's rare to see this kind of like mid-budget blockbuster be made as yeah. much. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd call it a blockbuster. It's no, no, just no, kind of like, like mid, like this mid-budget studio yeah, film. Yeah, no, but I, but I which, get what you're saying. Which kind of it, it feels? It doesn't feel like a studio film. It feels like someone just wanted to make kind of like their. Yeah, well, I mean, Lisa Joy, obviously very successful off the back of Westworld. I guess they were. Willing to take a little gamble in this. I know people aren't people aren't really liking this one a whole lot. No, so I they're don't... not. And I understand. No, why. I, I totally get get um, it. But I, I think this just has a certain charm that kind of works. We for both me. said it's like a cable movie. Yeah, like if this was on TNT on like a Saturday like afternoon or something, and I was doing some work, I would totally throw this I on think in your the background. Dad, I think a dad would like it. Your dad is gonna your, fucking love your this dad movie. specifically. Um, you know who you are. You, yeah, you know you know what we're talking to. I think the strength of this movie is in the cast. Yes. Hugh Jackman's very strong. The best part of the film is Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson knocks it out of the park. She's she has great. a couple scenes where I was like, wow, that's she's great. Yeah, no, she she could act. Because like as much as I love the Mission Impossibles, she doesn't really get to stretch she her. She didn't get a whole range. lot to do she with She is those. great in Doctor Sleep. Um she's great in the greatest showman. Uh, oh boy. Uh fucking Tandy Newton is, is good. She's, she's alright. Serves her role. So yeah, she's yeah. functional. The supporting cast is kind of hit or miss around them, I think. Hit or miss, yeah. Um, but yeah, getting into spoilers, I guess. So as he kind of uncovers this uh, this conspiracy, it turns out she was like, she used to be like a tweaker on like what is it like? It's like a fake drug, isn't it? It's called like Baca or something. It's Baca. Is that it? Yeah. I can't believe I remember the name of it. I can't believe you did either. Um, I certainly didn't. But they fucking uh, like she used to be a junkie and a tweaker. She's kind of like a. Like a freelance like gig performer when when they meet, um, but she gets involved. She takes a job uh, to what, what do they have to do? They have to. I already said spoilers, right? I hope so. I I'm, whatever. Fucking nobody saw this. Fucking uh, two. What is it? Two million on on a sixty million budget, something like that. Uh, on like a hundred million budget. Yikes. Um. Lisa fucked up. Um. What, yeah. what the point was I even making? Oh, she, so she gets essentially contracted to kill like. This, like, land baron is what they call him. He's, like, the mayor, I guess? He's a big influence of power. He's, he's like, a corrupt, like, official, and he has an illegitimate son that Rebecca Ferguson is essentially sent to get rid of. She gets cold feet, uh, gets, uh, gets rid of him, and then she, she dies, doesn't she? She's yes. fighting uh, Cliff Curtis. Yep. And then she kills herself. She kills herself. And that's what Hugh Jackman kind of uncovers in like this whole mystery. And it turns out that it was the Land Baron's son that was the one who perpetrated the whole thing because mm-hmm. he didn't want to have to compete with this other fucking kid. Yeah. Um. It, it's a it's a pretty like basic like noir like I could if if this didn't honestly I might like the story more if it was if it doubled down more on like the noir thing like give it kind of more of like a 40s aesthetic you know what i mean like make it a little more it's it's very self-serious and i think there is charm in that like there is there is entertainment to be found in that but i i think it would have served this movie a little better to take itself a little less seriously it was told in a very kind of convoluted way yeah and it's but it's also told in a way that's very like 
I, I don't know. I'm sure Lisa Joy is like a very nice person, but it seemed very much like like she's. I could picture her typing away at her keyboard, like, "Ooh, look how smart I am." Look how clever I am. Aren't I smart and clever? I think one of the big problems is the villain, the antagonists aren't compelling. No, not at all. Cliff Curtis is only engaging because he, by virtue of being Cliff Curtis. Yeah, I like Cliff Curtis, but he's not given anything to do. No, but but other than that, I think there is enough going for this movie. I think movie. this movie looks great. Yes, it is. It's shot very handsomely. I think the, I just, I wish the world was a little more interesting too. I just think I think it is interesting lore wise. They just don't explore it. Yeah, enough. like if it's like, all window dressing. Exactly. It's it's very much like like you could have honestly just take the you could have taken the reminiscence machine away and set this in like regular nineteen forties Miami or whatever, mm-hmm. and the story would effectively really be the same. You're right. You know what I mean? You're right. Like it it I, it, it doesn't feel like it needs its setting. It doesn't feel like integral. There are some very cool. Um... Things they do with the reminiscence machine in terms of like the way they shoot it. I do really like specifically there's a scene near the end, the climax, where where Rebecca Ferguson starts talking to Hugh Jackman through a through a memory because she knows he's going to be watching. Yes. And the way they like kind of he like walks it, into the scene is really it's like cool. It's very good. There are some really some good, good ideas. Editing. Um, the the fight he has with Cliff Curtis towards the end pretty is, well is pretty solid. And then there's the bit where he falls into the the theater that's underwater. That's a really cool sequence with like the light coming down. Like there are some really cool individual moments that come together to kind of a, 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 a solid experience, like an okay. Experience. We haven't touched on the worst thing. The dialogue's bad. The script is pretty rough. It's, uh, it's, it, it's at its worst in the voiceover. Yeah. The, which it's, is... It's very it's corny. So full of itself. It's just, this, if I can describe this movie in one word, it's corny. It's um, corny as fuck. It's corny, but... But in like a fun way. I think there's fun to be had with this. The reason I just can't bring myself to hate it is because I was never bored watching it. No, it's... I was always in, in, like, I don't entertained know. I don't or know like, interested. If it'll hold any water... On uh, because it's a movie. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if any hold if it'll hold any water on like a rewatch. Now sure. that I like know what the mystery is and everything, I don't really feel like compelled to check it out again. Yeah, but I don't regret watching it one time. No, no, no. It, it's certainly better than a lot of like the mediocre movies. Like sure, this year. I'd rather watch it again than fucking Free Guy. Yeah, you know, fucking. <laughs> Are you you're still mad? I'm I'm hose mad. Hose mad indeed. Hose mad. Um. That's really all I gotta say about this one, though. It's, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a solid little Saturday it's afternoon. It's on HBO thriller. Max, so like, yeah. If you, if you got, if you, if any of that sounds compelling to you at all, Hugh Jackman sci-fi noir, I say check it out. Give it, give it like the twenty-minute roll. Yeah, you know, uh, six out of ten. That's exactly where I'm at. Right, buddy. right on on the the positive side of it. Six out of ten. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, but we watched another movie. This weekend, we ventured out into theaters for for this one, uh, as there was no home release, because I'm pretty sure the studio is trying to kill this one intentionally. Uh, David Bruckner's follow-up to his 2018, 19, 17, one one of those years. One of those years. It's definitely one of those years. Horror film on Netflix, The Ritual. Is it 2019? I don't know. It was it was a few years ago. There's been a whole pandemic either, between those movies. Yeah, time doesn't even feel real. No, you're anything that came out in 2019 feels like the ritual was 2017. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, it was really cool, and I liked it. The rich uh, night has a ritual. 
The ritual. The ritual. Yeah, ritual. Ritual, ritual is really solid. Really like good fundamental. He, he made horror. some good. He made some good segments and anthology horrors. Uh, VHS. Uh, Southbound. Southbound. Um, so, so so he's been kind of set up to kind of uh, take a big swing. You know what I mean? So he's, so when I heard he was attached to this one, I, and I thought the trailer looked pretty the, cool. The trailers looked really promising. I thought I, I was really excited for this one. Um, preface: This is unrelated for the film. I want to talk about it before. Uh, people who go to the movie theater just to have a conversation should really get Fuck, fucked. Disrespectful, dude. man. It's just like ugh. I swore off watching horror movies at night. I think I might have said that on the episode with Harsh after we watched The Conjuring Three. Yeah, I broke it, and this is what I get. <laughs> uh, my I don't think that couple stopped talking a the, single time the entire runtime. I don't understand that at all. If you're trying to like take your take your significant other out on a date to talk to them, why the fuck are you going to the movies? Movies are terrible at first or There's second. There's so maybe. many movies on Netflix. Just go home and talk. What the fuck? It's, so annoying. Fuck you. The, 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 we know, listeners of the show, we know who you are. The children in our theater for Paw Patrol were more respectful. Completely unironically, yes. 100%. Um, that being said. That being said, the film. Uh, uh, you want to give a you want to give a plot? Yeah, let me give, let me give a little plot rundown. So, uh, Rebecca Hall plays a character named Beth. She is uh, very, very recently widowed. Uh, you know, slight spoilers, and it is about uh, that's in the trailer, isn't it? It's uh, yes. like her husband. Yes, uh, that is in the trailer. Her husband commits suicide, and she is kind of like grieving about it. Like she. Uh, it's it's kind of set up to a way like she's she's dealing with a lot of mental health problems that are finally like like coming back and kind of re rearing their ugly heads after this, and so as she's kind of going through this grieving process, she starts to experience some supernatural stuff around the house. Mm -hmm. Like uh, radios are turning on like by themselves, doors are creaking open, and everything. She's having dreams that does she doesn't know if they're dreams or not. So she starts kind of going on this little investigation into like her husband's life and everything, and kind of starts to uncover like the connection between what's happening to her and and what he was up to and stuff. That's a good way to say it without spoiling it. Yeah. Uh, this movie fucking rocked, dude. This movie smacked. This movie was was good as shit. Um, um, I expected to like it. I don't know if I expected to like it this much. I want to rewatch. I would go, go so far and say I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I want to go rewatch this movie. I think David Bruckner has really stepped his game up. I think honestly, I could put him right up there with like Mike Flanagan and like Ari Aster. Like I think, dude, I think dude deserves it. He he is definitely making a name for himself. This one is not gonna please everyone. I I, no. I think the first thing I said to you after you after this, I was like, people are not gonna like this no. one. No, no, no. Um, we'll get into spoilers in a second, but uh, first I just want to shout out Rebecca Hall. Fucking uh, another terrific lead performance by an actress in a horror movie that's just gonna go completely over the Academy's heads. Um, um uh, yeah, she's she's phenomenal in this. Absolutely, she's so amazing. Like just just acting her every, ass off. Every little like. Conver every conversation she has, she has these little ticks and facial like, expressions. Like, I believe that she's going to snap at any moment. Like, she just brings about this, like... Like, this, this barely restrained... Like, she's, she's just holding it together. Like, every scene. I, I, I like the actress uh, that plays her friend, Claire. Yes. Um, Sarah Goldberg, who is one of the leads in Barry. Um, I still need to watch that. Uh, she's very good in that, and she's good in this. Um... It the just, cast isn't super big. It's mostly just Rebecca Hall, like yeah. kind of, um, kind of going through shit. And 
I'll say about this, I don't, yeah, not everyone's going to like it. You no. have to be in the mood for something a bit slower paced. Yes. A bit. If uh, you're into like A24 horror, this is like right up a, your alley. A bit more, uh, it was a bit more interpretable and like up to interpretation. It's very than, like heady. Like it's very like, like, like this think, is a movie that you're going to sit and chew with. Like I think bit. the themes are pretty clear, but the way they do it is sometimes a bit it, more abstract. It's not in a, it's not that you like won't get it. Like obviously like, like the themes and what it's trying to do and say are made very clear. Yeah. It's just whether or not you're on board for that. Yeah. Kind of is what's dependent on. Uh, I think both of us really, really dug what it was going for. We can probably get into spoilers now if we want to. Yeah. Go watch it. Go uh, see it. Honestly, if, you, if you're into like, like uh, more kind of artsy, like like thinky horror, like I think this is totally, totally in that ballpark. Um, I think one of the strengths of this movie is something you mentioned and I've been thinking about. For a movie that, that kind of deals with it seems it doesn't like explicitly state them. No. For a movie like that, it never comes across as pretentious no, it, or or full it, of itself. It respects the audience intelligence and it res and it it like it doesn't wave in your face. Look how no 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 it's it's smart never we are. it never thinks it's better than you. No. Like it's always it's it wants you to come along on this ride and this journey. Like the the movie's kind of rooting for you. Like, it wants you to like it so much. And it, and it really does. Like, it's... Yeah. It just... Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess getting more into the plot, uh, she kind of, like, starts uncovering things about her husband, finds out he has... Uh, spoilers for Nighthouse. Uh, yeah. Finds out he kind of has a history with the occult. Mm -hmm. Kind of has a background in that. And she starts to... She has that... The first real big thing that happens is that dream. Mm -hmm. Where she's... Uh, she kind of like looks at the house and in like all the different rooms like outside looking in like she can see her husband like with a bunch of different women that like kind of look like her mm -hmm. and she's kind of like what the fuck is shit and she finds pictures of women that look like her on the phone and everything and so oh and then she finds the other fucking house on the other side of the lake with mm -hmm. uh, um uh a house of a thousand corpses let's call it yep um That's the, so, yeah. so she kind of discovers that the um that her her husband was a, 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 a serial killer just a, just a little bit yeah if if that's real yeah if assuming any of that is real that was my interpretation that that stuff was all real i thought i was having trouble distincting dis making a distinct line this is real this, so this what, is not what we were talking about earlier is that that's kind of this movie's whole shtick is that you are never really sure what's happening to her is actually she happening basically she starts she thinks it's sleepwalking. Yeah. So she's having these visions, but waking up with no memories and, of and them. And the way she kind of sees this, like, quote-unquote ghost is, like, the furniture in the house will kind of conform, like, like from a certain, like, angle to mm. make, like, the shape of a human. Yeah. And so it, you could totally just be like, oh, that's just her eyes tricking her. But it's also like, well, maybe there's fucking something there, you know? Like, like the when, whole uh, time you're th there's that one shot in the trailer, it's, like, the doorway, and then there's, like, a column... And the, they, like, make a human shape, and it, like, turns its head. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great So scare. good, so good. So good. The, uh, it's beautifully shot, the whole movie. The, it's, the way they, they set up scares. It's just a very, like, like solid, like, like uh, haunted house setup. Like, they really put in a lot of good stuff, especially when it all comes to a head, like, at that final climactic kind of bit where she really, where she finally, like confronts this thing that's gorgeous been, like, use of her. red lighting yes yes uh disturbing imagery and 
essentially the theme, the 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 kind of running through line is she has very severe mental health yes. issues, and so for basic from my interpretation this this monster for the most part has been her her own yeah, it is, it it's is, an embodiment of mental illness it's 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 the manifestation of her grief and depression kind of literally and figuratively haunting her so my interpretation is that yeah her husband was a serial killer and like a fucked up dude but all of the supernatural stuff was not happening that is just her way of coping with learning that her husband was a fucking monster she Yes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you could take the, the people in the house. She's seeing, like, things. She she mentions a few times that she feels, like, presence in the house. That's just grief. It's, it's literally, like, the, just the this, this shadow hanging over her. And then, in the end, the monster is basically... Like, that's what confirmed it. The monster is basically telling her... This is all your fault. You don't matter. You like, don't... Like, none of this matters. It's, it's, it's your... Basically, essentially uh, convincing her to, to kill herself. Because she's got the gun and everything on the boat it's and her, everything. It's her mind. It's yes. her... Um, they set up these scenes early on when she says that she was surprised that her husband killed himself because she's the one that's always suffered with the mm -hmm. issues. Um... So yeah, the way they weave this like these themes in there is so respectful. It's never like tacky or crass. No. Like it's all very it's all very all, smartly done, intelligent, all, intelligently done. All the horror done. stuff has such like a, a clear build up mm -hmm. to the scares. Mm -hmm. There's one jump scare where it it's her falling asleep on the couch and then it's just fucking That's glaring so noise. Oh, um, disoriented. Even like knowing the I guess twist at the end? The twist, yeah. I, even knowing that, like, everything that happens before it is still scary. Like, to her, it's still real. Yeah. Like, so you don't, you don't ever, like, lose any, like, it's not like, oh, well, none of it was real, so none of like, it mattered. Like, it's, it still happened to her. Like, she still experienced it. Like, so it's still, like, all the scares, like, still hold. As we got to that end, uh, run, and I, like, I started to, like, you know, have my interpretation. I was like, all right, please don't overexplain. Yeah. Please don't. And they didn't. No, it, it really, they it really, didn't. it really sticks the landing at the end. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. The sound design's good. So good. On a technical level, everything fires on all cylinders. The, there's some disturbing imagery when she, like, bends into the shape of, like, yeah, that the voodoo, voodoo doll or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's, like, really cool shots with, like, near the, the climax with it going through the mirror to, like... Mm -hmm. the, she, like, the hits her head part. on the mirror and then she, like, comes in from the dream world and she sees it's still cracked and everything, like... And I just can't get over how good she is, man. The first Absolutely. time... The first time I was like, holy shit, she's good, it was during the, the parent-teacher conference yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. Her, like, little... Like, she does these things that, like, they seem silly. Like, she'll, she'll like, put a fake... Like, a finger gun to her head and go... Pew! You know, but like it feels so real. Like it, it feels, feels like it, something a person very would do. naturalistic. No, yeah, she if, she she's great. In this. If I had an issue, I think um, with it, with only watching it one time, I think there's maybe a titch of a sag in the middle. Maybe yeah. And and I think some of the supporting performances and characters are a bit uh, not even characters. I don't care about like the characters. It's the performances that are a little underwhelming for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this this really is the Rebecca Hall show. It too, is. So I'm not like it is. I'm not too beat up about Honestly, it. Honestly, it's hard to find things to complain about. Yeah, no, this one rocked. Uh, fucking eight point eight out of ten. This one was good. Yeah, I'm I'm so close to 
bumping a rating, I gotta watch it again mm-hmm. first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like an eight point four. Sure. And see where it goes from there. Yeah. No. But this is totally worth watching. Right totally up our alley. Seeing. Totally check it out if if this kind of if this kind of horror. Movie I can see like this growing thing. on me into one of my favorites. I think this could totally like become a cult classic at some point. Absolutely. Uh, totally worth watching. Um, but let's talk about the real fucking movie this week. The the real thing we came to see. If I knew the theme song, I'd sing it. Paw Patrol, the movie. Yes. Uh, cinema was born this week. It was. Uh, movies were made. Uh, George Lucas looked up at the screen and wept. He said, "He said, you know, the film is saved. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to keep going with this bit. Paw Patrol, the movie. Kyle, you want to give us a little plot rundown? <laughs> Don't do I. <laughs> do I ever. Okay, so... I lo- you got to look up all their names. So we have a team... Uh, uh, it's called Paw Patrol. Yes. It's led by a kid named Ryder. Yes. And and then a team of puppies who all have like a different gimmick. Each one like of them kind of like is kind of like a representative of like a different public service. Like one's a cop, one's like a firefighter, and like a garbage man, and like a construction worker. Yeah, one of them's got a helicopter. Yeah, that's her character. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, the girl, and she has a helicopter. It's pink. Yes, because she's a girl. She's a girl. Um. And in this one, they move from what's the Adventure bef- Bay. They move from Adventure Bay to Adventure City because there's this new mayor in town. His name's uh, uh, Mayor Humdinger. Mayor Humdinger, and he's causing he's a lot a, of issues because he's, a, he's a, a fucking he's idiot. a corrupt government official. And he's a moron. So they have to go to Adventure City, and this dude's doing shenanigans, and they have to stop him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. What's... I mean, yeah, that's that, that's essentially it. Yeah. That's uh, Paw Patrol. What'd you think of Paw Patrol the movie, dude? It's it's a film for babies. Uh, I think babies are going to get a lot out of it. I was surprised by how much fun I had with this. It's not great. It's not amazing or anything. But I like, was surprised at how tolerable this movie is for adults. I was surprised at how well made it was, too. Like, there was actually, like, some, like thought put into the composition of like of shots the that, way it looks and everything yeah, like there, were, there was a there's sh- also like themes and characterization which i didn't really expect from the paw patrol movie yeah there was a strange amount of effort put into yeah like the cinematography yeah and the- like there's a bunch of cool shots like there's the one where he's freaking uh he gets hit with the the water cannon or whatever and there's like an explosion behind him her, or something and then her like kamikazing the weather machine at the end. I think, so good. I think all the particle effects at the end look great with like the smoke yeah, and the Yeah, the rain and, the... and everything. Uh, I, I guess uh, spoilers for Paw Patrol the movie. Whatever. No um, babies listen to this. So kind of the, the main like conflict of the story is Chase. Chase is the cop dog. Chase uh, had a rough upbringing. He kind of grew up on the tough streets of Adventure City. Before he went to Adventure Bay. And so he has some reservations uh-huh. about going back there. He kind of feels like, uh, you know, like he was a scared little puppy last time he was there. He's going to be a scared puppy the next time he goes there. And, you know, he kind of chokes on some key... He, he messes up a few times. Uh, so on some key missions and so now, stuff. So now he has to kind of prove himself. He kind of has to uh, relearn what it means to be the leader of the Paw Patrol. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, which was just... I know it's not, like, the most astoundingly written, like, no. character ever, but I was just shocked by that there was even that much depth to these characters. Because in my understanding, this is, like you said, like, this is a show for, like, babies. Yeah. But I think, like, like if you got, like, a, like an older kid, I think they could get something out of this. Yeah, no, honestly, um... It, it, There's some cool action sequences? Yeah. 
Like, like the bit where the, the the roller coaster goes off the rails and they're kind of like coming in and saying a bit at the end, the, the mayor gets a fucking weather machine at some point. Uh, and, and it's, no, we were having fun. There were a couple halfway decent sight gags. Sure, sure. The, the construction worker dog's kind of funny. A couple of the dogs are really underused. Like literally a couple of them have like two lines of dialogue. I, see... My thinking is that maybe in the show they get a little more play, maybe. but like... As someone who doesn't, I was, I, like, I was I, like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, listen, here's the thing. I'm not up on my Paw Patrol lore. Yeah, I'm not So uh, I actually had to look up and find out that Humdinger is like a recurring antagonist. Like he's not yeah. just for this movie. He's kind of fun. Yeah, he's good. Uh, his, his henchmen are fucking Dax Shepard and Randall Park. They don't get anything to do, really. They're funny, though. They're fine. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it structurally, it felt like Four or five episodes sure. strung together. But like, you know, for 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 a movie based on a show for for actual, like, literal babies. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have much been, worse. Could have been way worse. Um Um it, it, it like works it's not, I wouldn't say it's educational, but like there are some good morals in there's there. There's like yeah, there's like a good theme there's and like, like a there's good there's like a heart about like friendship, like they there's like this stray dog that helps them the whole movie, yeah, and then she gets inducted into. She's the... kind of annoying, but I, I think she like she got less annoying. She as it went definitely on. grows on on you as like it goes on, but and like she gets inducted to the Paw Patrol, and it's like a nice theme of family. Yeah, th- this or, like... movie's this movie's sweet. This movie's cute. I, I as a cynical and jaded person, I don't know. I, I I can't really bring myself to hate on this one. If you have a, like a, like a six year old. Go take them to Absolutely. The what are you doing? Go, like... Listen, if you have a six-year-old, you've already seen the fucking movie. That's like, true. You've seen it twice now. Like... Absolutely. But, um, um... It made... It made some money this weekend. Yeah, like, but this, yeah. this one... Loki... Kind of smacked a little. Uh, thrilling climax. Good shit. The, the submarine dog has a bit, you know? This is Kino. This is... This is real cinema. Real film right here. That's honestly... The, honestly, six out of ten. Six point... Two, just because I think I liked it a little bit better than Reminiscence. I would rather I I, I would rather rewatch Paw Patrol than Reminiscence. You heard that here first, folks. So uh, I think that wraps up our movies. That's honestly, the show. honestly, a better week for film than last week. <laughs> yeah, and that's saying something. Fuck, um, um, Kyle, what are we looking at next week? We are looking at Candyman. The reboot sequel, we'll call it a soft reboot. Soft reboot. We kind of coming out. We will also be talking about the original nineteen ninety seven or three. I think it's ninety three. Ninety three, ninety four, maybe. It's an old ass movie. Uh, we're 90. not going to talk about any of the sequels. No, we're going to be talking about the original. Is there anything hitting streaming this week? Just want to make sure. Uh, fact check for us. We'll uh, we'll pause that real quick. Just for me. You have just brought my to my attention a movie I'm so excited for. I can't believe I willed this into existence. We could have just forgotten about it. The Netflix original starring TikTok superstar Addison Rae. It's a, it's called He's All That. It's a remake of the 1990s rom-com She's All That. Um, so... I'm going to throw my head onto a fence post. I'm but also Candyman. Listen, I have said this. Clifford got delayed indefinitely, so we need a worst film of the year. Oh, it's going to be Cinderella. I, I will. I guess we'll see. I will. I will make. If I, listen, that looks awful. I'm no Howie Ratner, but if I were a betting man, I would put all my money on Cinderella being the worst movie of the year. Maybe Venom. He's all that looks really bad though. Um, that's also a Netflix movie though. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. that, that's kind of like par for the course for them. For every like. I don't know. For every extraction, there's like ten. He's all that. Well, because they just let people do whatever. Exactly, which I kind of. 
commend, I guess? I do commend. Sure, but again, for every, like, one good movie, you're gonna get ten, like, shit ones. Because that's basically the the ratio of good directors to bad directors (laughs) in the industry. Um, So we'll be talking about the original Candyman, the new one, and he's all that... Mixed bag. We'll call it we'll call it mixed. We'll call it mixed. Uh, Kyle, you want to tell the people where they can find us? Absolutely. If you guys uh, enjoy the podcast, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, if you if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K R I E G H B A U M. And you can follow me on Twitter at V underscore Fatman ninety nine, and on Letterboxd at my name. Jordan Dennis. We will see you guys next week. Bye.